What's going on, guys and gals? My name is Chris Tondewald, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where we try to find people that have found that balance between their life, family, career, and the pursuit of their passions, dreams, or hobbies. This week, we have Taylor Hughes of X Nations. They just released their latest single, Tether, off their upcoming EP, Pink Haze, out June 28th. Catch them on the road starting July 6th. I'll have all the links and the info in the show notes. This episode was recorded a while back. We talk about the release of their previous single, Knife, formation of the band, and what keeps her going. I also very awkwardly try to ask her how it's like being a woman in music. I feel like it's an important conversation and something we all need to be aware of. But man, listening back on the question, the good intentions are there, but it is so much cringe. Uh, So sorry ahead of time. I'll I'll do better next time. Maybe. We'll see. Um, For those of you who have been following the show, you'll notice that last time I posted an episode was a few months back. I didn't realize it then, but near the episode, the end of this episode we actually kind of foreshadowed the whole disappearing act uh can't promise it won't happen again but keep the faith i have a lot of stuff in the can and i'm working on releasing it all stay tuned and thanks for all the support you also notice there's a new intro tune i hope you like it as much as i do this one was written by brian luttrell of the band geary we recently sat down and recorded an episode of the show together too so be on the lookout for that As always, please rate and review on iTunes, follow me on Spotify, and subscribe on Google Play or however you get your podcast. Thank you for everything. Here's the show. Enjoy. He doesn't want to. They're free to room room about the cabin. Yeah, I don't think anything's going to, to happen, so we'll be fine. And then I'll probably pay attention to them more than you anyway, so that's all right with me. It works. We can just uh, talk about the dogs the whole time. <laughs> well, I do want to. Uh, we were we were just talking about the MySpace thing, yeah. Which is, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about that. So your old band Car Party <laughs> went through a whole MySpace like recruitment phase. What? Yeah, happened? it was really weird. So I don't even know how I came about the opportunity, but they were calling like the next MySpace band or whatever. And we were like, well, one of the guys wears a fedora in this band, a vest. Like, we're pretty MySpace. (laughs) We didn't say that at the time. I'm just making fun of us now. Um, So we went to New York um, at this place called Milk. And it's like kind of like a studio where they use for like runways and okay etc so they had like a screening process and we had to play like an acoustic song in front of like a like a green screen and then we never heard anything back and then myspace just like yeah because that was back down right that was when they were trying to make a comeback yeah right? i was really hopeful for justin and he let us all down <laughs> that was when uh they did i'm trying to they did like that commercial with the white drop back and just him dancing around i think for the the MySpace, to try you just and get, described like, his entire career. Oh yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's probably it. well. I mean, there was that that one video with the train. Oh, did like, he dance in front of it? Yeah, that was that was oh. the in sync. Well, that was the in sync one. Um, oh, I don't remember what that one was. I just remember that being like the the most adventurous boy band video that i've ever seen because they were like dancing on top of a train like they were gonna fight on the 
Yeah, and they, I think they parachuted on it. This is going to haunt me. I'm going to have to figure that out. That, <laughs> Please I'll, link me later. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out now. Or I'll figure it out later. Um, so what band are you in now? I am in a band called X Nations, and it's EX Nations, all one word, all capitalized. I'm, like, trying to make it make it stick. A lot of people think it's, like, just the letter X or EX and then a space, Nations. And I don't know if you can, like, picture it, but it just looks so ugly with a space in between it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, too yeah. visual. I'm too visual. Right, or, or even just, like, a, a hyphen in it. Yeah, it'd be weird. We get that a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. So where did that come from? Because this is, I think this is a unique band where you guys just released your single, yes. Knives, right? Mm, knife. Knife. Single okay. knife. Knife. <laughs> just like no X instead of the letter X. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so you just did that. And then if I remember right, so this band, you guys don't even live in the same state. No. Okay. So... It's kind of weird. It's split between me being in Baltimore and the two guys being in New York. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, and then how did that that work out? Because as far as I remember, you've been in bands that have always been based out of Baltimore, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I I just reached my point um, with trying to find people that wanted the same thing that I wanted, which was a music career, not. This is what I do sometimes on the weekends when I make the time for it, and we tour never. So I just kind of got sick of that mindset, and I was thinking, like, where can I go to find more dedicated people, creatives that actually want to do something, and not just for fun? Because I've, gosh, I haven't done music for fun since I was playing in the orchestra in fourth grade. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, I had finally started reaching out to, to different people and I knew a guy here that knew a guy there, AKA Sal, the singer. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we kind of went on like a blind date to like meet each other. Not like a date, but it was like a blind hangout. Like I'd never talked to him before. I got a message, uh, from him like, Hey, my friend hit me up saying you were looking for a singer in your band. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name's Sal. Like, do you want to meet tomorrow? And I was in New Jersey at the time. So I went to New York, I, I went to Brooklyn at Rough Trade. Have yeah. you been there before? Like the I record haven't. store? Oh, you should go if you're yeah. into records. Um, I haven't haven't been to New York proper. Like I've been to Syracuse, and that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. As far like it's it's weird because I've always loved music, but I've never been to like the the bigger music cities. I guess mm-hmm. I went. I just went to Chicago last year for Riot Fest, and that was my first festival. Oh, that's a good way to do it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Um, they had Weezer, Alkaline Trio, Interpol. Um, I went there mostly because of some of the old punk bands and Kevin Devine. Yeah. Um, so I, I was able to see Face to Face, which I never thought that I would get to see. Um, they're old Soul Cal uh, punk. And then uh, there was Dillinger 4, which was amazing. Cool. And then... Uh, who else was there? There was Jesus Lizard and someone else. Um, Incubus played there too, but the the biggest and the best was Run the Jewels. So Run the Jewels played last, and they destroyed the entire place. It was so good. They brought the whole festival down, and it was the first time for me seeing uh, a a hip hop band live, 
and B seeing them live and it was just it was amazing. That's awesome. Like was it like a super wide stage setup? I feel like for hip hop, like all of the electronics and the people manning them, it just takes up so much space. Yeah, so it was just the DJ and then the the two MCs. So Oh, that's super clean. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh it was outside and like I said, I mean, you had the whole festival just about watching them. And you just see it, it was incredible. Um one of the best shows that I've seen, and I would go see them all the time. Uh, their their music is fantastic, and then yeah, so that's my first festival. Uh, out of all the basically all the, the I've done festivals, like I've booked festivals, and they're all piddly stuff down in southern part of Maryland, and that's all garbage. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was an experience, and then uh, I went to Syracuse to see Kevin Devine at Funkin' Waffles, which is a cool little place. So it's. Uh, a Waffle House, and then they have a performance space. I like the sound of this already. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, so I went there, and he played acoustic, which was amazing, and then played like an hour of whatever set that he made, and then an hour of request from us. Oh, cool. Yeah, so again, I got to see like songs that I never thought I would be able to hear live. That is a good trip. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so I haven't been to New York City. I haven't been to like Nashville or anything like that. Um, which you would think that I have been, but I, nothing. You have to make the time for it. Like New York, just, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you go, I will give you the proper tour. Fantastic. (laughs) So let's go back to your, your meeting Sal in Brooklyn, right? Yes. So I met up with him and we just started talking. I had a pile of records sitting there, like, I had beat him there, so I my shopping craze had already begun. So I had uh, a Mountain Goats record, a Phanagram record. I can't remember what else I bought that day. I think the XX. Um, and he was like, well, judging by your music taste, I think we're already on the same page. <laughs> and then we just kind of started talking about what we wanted out of a band and the pace that we like to work at and literally everything that's important to align on in a project him and I were already there so we both talked about how weird it would be to be in different states right but he was willing to try it and I was like so certain that he was the singer for the project that I was like whatever you want to do we will do it and you didn't even hear him sing before no just um recordings of his old band no nets that's cool okay so I heard that, and it was very, um, like, Elliot Smith-inspired, like, almost, like, twee pop, but with, like, some punk influences in there. And I was like, okay, this is going to fit with what I want to do perfectly. Oh, I had a Bleachers record, too. I was obsessed with the new Bleachers record at the time, Gone Now. That's when it had just come out. And that was the kind of music that I wanted to be making. I was, at the time, like, coming out of a really weird band breakup Mm -hmm. from what I like to call X Nations (laughs) (laughs) 1.0. I was like, I'm keeping this name. I like it. (laughs) So I I was coming out of that, and I really didn't want to do music anymore. I was so frustrated, and I didn't think I was going to find any other people to do it. Right. Um, So I had just come out of that, and then Gone Now came out, and I was like, oh, my God, I need to make music again. So I started messing around with synths and had like an idea of what I wanted. And then Sal sent me a rough copy of Never About the Money. We didn't know it was going to be Never About the Money yet, but he had just sent the music and a couple lines over. And 
maybe two months later it came out officially and we were a band that's amazing so and when did you start music because you've been in i'm trying to remember when i even met you and that was eight years ago seven years six nine i, don't I feel know. like it might be like almost a decade yeah yeah it's got to be a while so you started when I started fresh out of high school. Okay. I told my parents not to even waste money on college tuition. I was like, <laughs> if you could get me a professional drum setup and a MacBook, honestly, save your money. And that's exactly what they did. And I've just kind of been doing this since then. That's fantastic. And then uh, what was the, the first band that you were in? My first band was called Junior Legal in high school. Uh-huh. And we did La Tigre covers. And... Um, I had first discovered um, The Cure at that age, too. It was very early high school, so we did a Boys Don't Cry cover, and every other song sounded like watered-down, like, warped vinyl La Tigre. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, so that was, like, officially my first band, but I guess out of high school, after that, I... Hmm. There's so many bad band names that I don't even want to say right now. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the the ones. Something with a robot. Oh, that was We Are Automatic. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then (laughs) I think Z Rosette because I wanted a band to be called Fruit Bat, but there was already one named that. That's funny. So we were like, well, let's do it in French. It'll be really intellectual and That's what that meant? Yes. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) That's so embarrassing. That's so funny. I didn't know that that's what that meant. Yeah. I should have looked that up. That's great. You would have been making fun of me years ago. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, all right, cool. So, and then you've been a, a drummer throughout all the bands that you've been in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I remember about you, though, um, just from the the younger bands, is you've been kind of the driving force to keep them going, right? Yeah. So even though, and I think this is unique to you and maybe some other drummers, that you have kind of driven the the focal point up and you've always had kind of the vision of it. While some drummers just kind of like, I can fill in for whatever you guys want. So I can, <laughs> yeah. I've, ha- I've interviewed other drummers that are in like 10 bands because they're so versatile. They can go into whatever, but they don't, I don't know if they have like something that they can really call their own and go from project to project that they're the ones pushing the, yeah. the agenda. Um, yeah, I tried to do a couple bands at once, but I feel like once I put my heart into something, I can't really deviate from that. Mm-hmm. It's just so much energy that goes into it that it's hard for me to split that up evenly. Um, yeah, I go head first into whatever project I'm in, which is great. I mean, I, I haven't burned myself out yet. <laughs> it's right. been like a decade. Right. So I don't really see it happening anytime soon, but... Yeah. Gosh, that's daunting thinking about being in another band. I feel like I'd be cheating. <laughs> like when I did that, I'm like, oh, well, let me write this down because I think this will be a good idea for X Nations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what would end up happening. That's funny. So with with the, the bands that you've been in, um, like I said, I think that you've been some of the driving force with, with most of those, if I if I remember right. Is it something where for you that when a band dissolves you are you able to get back up and kind of pursue another project uh how i mean how does that that affect you because we just talked about one that just broke up and now you're able to get another one right it took me a couple months like 
it feels like I've been broken up with. I take it so personally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I feel like you should. Like, it's your band. It's your project. Like, you're putting yourself into this music. If you're truly doing that, there's no way that you would be okay if it ended. That's just to me. Right. But, um, yeah, I definitely go through a grieving period. It's like a breakup. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) Okay. And one of the... So I think one of the things unique about X Nations compared to some of the other ones is not being able to maybe play live as much as it, you did before, if, if I'm right, right? Yeah, we're a little bit more selective with the shows just because of the travel that goes into it. You know, either meeting the guys with the van in New York or having them come all the way down here to meet me with the van. Like, it's just a lot of strategy yeah. that goes into doing it. So how do you how do you approach this band compared to some of the other ones where you could play out a lot more and it's a lot easier to play basically in your hometown, right? Cuz this is something that you have to really think about and and kind of plan out all of your your different shows that you're doing and then also the way that you're going to present your music too. Yeah. I would assume like the way that you're going to go ahead and record and then get the the word out and then go ahead and do all the social media before even sometimes playing out a lot. And sometimes that's the exact opposite from the other bands. They're going to play all the shows all the time and then think about all that stuff later. Yeah. Um, It definitely, it's a different process, but it's actually a lot more relaxing. If you think about it, like I'll start with the recording process since I'm sitting at my desk here. Um, A lot of it will start with Sal sending me like a... like a skeleton of a song it's just him singing there can be synth on it there could be beginning um rhythm patterns sometimes he'll have like a really clear idea of a rhythm pattern because he was a drummer before Mm -hmm. um so he'll have these songs like laid out the structure is there and we use dropbox um dropbox is the backbone of our band so he'll send me the logic file through dropbox i'll open it up here i'll do what i see is fit Um, I mess with a lot of the drums, the synths, sometimes bass, um, song structures, all of that. And then him and I just kind of go back and forth. Like sometimes it could be done in a couple weeks. Sometimes it could be less. Um, Knife, we had that song sitting in the computer for like a year. And it was supposed to just kind of die there. And I opened it up back. I opened it back up one day and it's like this song has so much potential let me just mess with it and make it sound more like our current stuff and try and pitch it to the guys. And then we're like, okay, well, let's release it on Valentine's Day. That was a month away at the time. <laughs> so we made a music video on our iPhones. <laughs> like, we weren't together at all. Like, I was filmed right here for the music video on an iPhone. Really? And then Sal had his sister record him. And then Sal went over to John, the bass player's apartment, and taped him on the iPhone. And then we put it all together with some stock footage that we had, like, manipulated a bit. Sure. And then that's the knife video. That's incredible. we did all of that within a month. And we're like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Why not? So you don't really have anybody working for you when it comes to that stuff. So you guys are doing it all from the ground up then. Everything is in-house except for, like, mixing and mastering we sure don't, we don't mess with that but all of the production and stuff that you hear like the drum samples that's all done right here um for some songs i've been fortunate enough to go and track like mm-hmm. none of those are out yet but i finally got to play a real drum set and it was so exciting i didn't program them <laughs> <laughs> so how 
yeah. So then, how does this band different differentiate itself so much for you with your old bands? Because you you were playing dr- live drums all the time before. All the time. And have you involved more into electronic? Have you involved more into production, recording? Definitely the later there. Um, I, before I was like acoustic drums only. Right. And now I'm like, I'm so deep into. Uh, to machine is what I use sure. to do everything. I keep turning away and looking at my stuff. <laughs> I'm supposed to be talking to this microphone. Um, so I'm really into building samples and stuff like that. Like you'll hear a lot of the same ones. I go in phases. Like there's a really echoey clap that I use in blank white that I use a lot in knife. Um, yeah, I just go through phases of it. But the new stuff does have real acoustic drums because we can afford to do that now. <laughs> the first the first EP was just kind of this weird experiment to see what it was going to be like never being in the studio together. Right. Because um, you guys are all doing it remotely, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going into studio this weekend, and that is going to be real acoustic drum day. So that's exciting. That's crazy. So... Um, one of the one of the guys that I follow on YouTube, um, and I think that you'll appreciate this. His name is Andrew Huang, mm-hmm. and he's a ridiculous musician. But one of the things that he did was he made a video of going back to some of his old songs. So sort of like what you did with Knife, yeah. right? And then it's like, oh yeah, there was so much potential with this. Do you have a whole lot of songs that are just banked or ideas that you have that are just banked to be like, yeah, now now I need to, like, I've, I've run out of stuff or maybe, like, I, I take time every month or so to go back through some of the old files or anything? I should really do that more often. We have, oh my goodness, probably like 17 or 18 just ideas sitting in Dropbox alone. Um, and that's not including songs that I'm sure Sal has saved onto his computer and songs that I have saved onto mine with ridiculous names. Like, yeah. <laughs> Does it also help you that Sal especially has more of a, a music background? Like, he's not just a singer. He can 100%. Write. Because it's cool. I feel like a lot of singers have an idea of what they would want in their head, but maybe they don't know how to portray it to their bandmates. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've had people try and drum talk to me. <laughs> and it's so infuriating. Um, yeah, can you make this sound like this and make it go like woof or something, right? Yeah, and do like a boom, boom. Like, no. So it's cool that he he can make a soundscape and send it to me. And then that usually sparks an idea for me of what will make it sound more like x nations i guess right right right. that means sound more like me playing uh but there's been some songs where his ideas were so good and fitting that i just didn't need to change them and i would just start messing around more with synth instead of drums so that's a cool dynamic um with the band because everyone can play multiple instruments it's not like this pissing battle where my idea must be the one right, that's in right. here. If there's a lyric idea or a vocal idea, like Sal would hear that out. Everybody's just very business. It's kind of funny. We were talking about it the other day. Like we're just all too business for any kind of drama to come up in the band. Like we've never had a fight or weird discomfort or anything like that because everybody's just such a straight shooter. 
That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Do you think that that is based off of the experience of some from from some of your old bands that you've had before? Does that help you be able to approach this in a, a better limelight? Absolutely. I I think in my younger years, I was such a bulldozer mm-hmm. that I didn't really care too much about how somebody else would feel about like you know something so i'd be like well we're doing it this way so (laughs) it's my way or the highway i i was very much like that like young taylor just too much taurus energy i don't know (laughs) because astrology is real astrology is real are you being sarcastic yes yes. we're gonna talk about this off the microphone All right. I mean, I mean, it is. Kidding. It is just. It is just silly constellations in, in this. I mean, they're just stars. Like they don't. They don't have any kind of weight or anything to it. Yeah. Yeah. I see your face. I mean, it's just. It's your birthday. Like whoop de doo. Like it's okay. You can change your personality. It's Tell right. me that you haven't read in the paper something that just like hit you. Like this is me. I mean, if I wanted a vague book, I wouldn't read on, like, the, the newspaper. I would just, like, read everybody's Facebook status. Facebook status, that's true. Like, that, I mean, that's, that's what it feels like. Like, it's, it's all just, I don't know. Astrology is silly because you can just make whatever they're saying point to you. And I feel like that's probably most, most everything. Like, even lyric-wise, because I've, I've seen, uh, kind of going back to... Uh, Andrew Huang a little bit is I've seen like the way they him and this other guy Rob Scallon made an album in a day like wrote the album recorded the album and then put out the album in a day and then I I see kind of like the process of what people go through with lyrics and I'm going to talk to you about that in a second Um, but you try to find something that kind of connects to you but also like it's vague enough or general enough to like, if anybody's reading this, it'll hopefully connect to them. That's what I feel like astrology is. Like, it's just like, here's fortune cookies that might actually go along with what you're, with what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, to a degree, I think I can relate to that, but I think we're all just looking for something to make us feel better or to have the future seem clearer or the way that you want it to be. So, I mean, when it boils down to it, to each their own, I guess. Right, right, right. <laughs> So how do you, um, when, when you're writing music for this band, like what, what is the vision that you have uh, musically for it? Is, it? is it still that dancey, still I'm trying to think of the, the best way to do it, but is it still that, that kind of dancey, you want to be poppy, you want to be able to hook more people into it compared to some of the other stuff that you did before um this is honestly the kind of music that i've always wanted to make and i just had never found the the humans to do it um (laughs) like i remember hearing metric for the first time in like 2007 when grow up and blow away came out and other similar records like that or the strokes or you know i wanted like a culmination of like 80s dance pop right it's like new york grunge kind yeah, of yeah so i remember you uh really liking block party and that was kind of yes. like the, the the drumming style that you wanted and, and the music style and they have grown so much musically too which i feel like you've kind of followed along with some of that same same sentiment in there because they have they started out with rock and roll, not rock and roll, but like acoustic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know then what you mean. now they're digital. Now they're almost 
full production and they still have kind of like that dancey part to it which is yeah. fantastic but I, I yeah if i think about it more like i feel like that's kind of the the route that you've gone to right for sure and i think that's like another thing that made it so hard to be in baltimore and making music because nobody wants that here right i feel like it's a very like hard rock pop punk or get out kind of scene so i think expanding to new york definitely helped that like helped me grow to get mm-hmm. there um, but as far as X nations go for being pop or dancey, I think you'll be really surprised with the new stuff. Yeah. Because it feels like Tiny Sound in the Dark is your happy little brother. And the next record, I almost dropped that, <laughs> dropped the name for it. And that's not <laughs> out yet. Um, the next record is more like the brooding older brother that went to college and realized life is not as easy as he thought it was and just listened to the cure the entire time exactly (laughs) there's definitely some uh disintegration like feelings in the new stuff so that's fantastic i'm I'm excited to hear it then when when you look at this band um and i think you did a little bit with car party too where it's a lot more forethought into the way that you're producing releasing and planning out everything um this one you're kind of forced to because you're not around the people the entire time so how do you approach releasing a record or releasing a song with x nations that is different than what you did before um well with what i did before um i feel like it's so much easier just to spit things out faster when you're around your band all the time which isn't necessarily a great thing um i remember recording stuff with car party and listening back to it oh i should have done this i wish i would have thought about this and this and that when you're just sitting in your room by yourself listening to the mix over and over again and being able to change it before anyone else hears it i i feel like that's very comforting i do a lot of weird stuff that no one will ever hear like it i don't know if that makes sense or not um But as far as the planning and stuff, we just have conference calls. We have a band conference line that we use, and we just talk about all of our ideas. We have a stupid band message thread that I guarantee if I open up, there's something ridiculous in it right now. (laughs) We've been talking about uh, new merch for our tour coming up in July. Okay. And our bassist, John, really wants us to have our own incense. He wants us to have a smell. (laughs) that's been his thing so he's been like (laughs) so he's been like sending us incense stuff and it it sounds so crazy for a band but john is like um he's the corporate ex-nations guy like we call him the businessman because that's what he does for his day job so he'll think of like very out of the box things that normally you wouldn't think about in a regular band setting which is cool because everybody has their own role Sal's right. a uh, creative art director by day. That's his day job. Okay. So having him in the band, like, it's it's so great. There's always somebody that's thinking about visuals and what's next. Right. And him and I tag team a lot of that stuff. Like, I've dabbled over the years and have gotten better at it, but this is his job. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, John is working in the media industry, so he's always got ideas on different ways to approach things marketing wise and, you know, planning a record with two people like that. It's it's just so great. 
That's fantastic. So when when we talk about that too, and with with the the previous bands that you've had, um, and the the way that this has kind of developed, are you more cerebral in your approach to everything? Like we talk about business, we talk about the the way that you want to maybe market. Are you are you dabbing that? Diving, dabbling—I don't know what the word is. Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you trying to make yourself more versatile with all the different aspects of music, not just the production, not just the recording? Are you looking at social media? Are you looking at marketing? Are you looking at trying to run it as an actual business too? One hundred percent. That's that's definitely like you just summed up everything. <laughs> um, yeah, we're very very heavy handed on social media. Um, Instagram is kind of our bread and butter. Um, just being visual people, it's a lot easier to come across on Instagram than any other platform. Mm-hmm. Facebook, eh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Twitter's fun. I can say whatever's on my mind, and everyone will forget about it in five minutes. I still have it. Like I, <laughs> for whatever reason, I still have it. Like got the appeal of Twitter, and maybe it's just because like I don't have like a a spigot that just runs off the entire time, right? Like, I just look at it and I'm like, I see all the garbage that is on there. I'm just like, I don't know if I want to like dive in yet to where this whole stream of consciousness is there. And then like, I don't, I don't know. The whole thing just freaks me out. Like (laughs) I've, I've tried to use it for like news because a lot of people use it for news. A lot of people will do like breaking stuff on there Mm -hmm. and Comedians will use it for like one-liners and stuff like that, which is great. But yeah. I I can't get into it. But I have to like. Yeah. The only way to break through on this now is to like embrace everything that I hate, which yeah. is like <laughs> being in front of a camera, being like this. Yeah, I hate it. So like Instagram, I don't like. Facebook, I'm fine with because I know how to use that. And Twitter, just it's, it's so daunting. I don't get it. I feel like you had the same profile picture for almost the entire time I've known yes. you. Yeah, that is how social media you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's 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 up there, and I just look disappointed and defeated the entire way. So that that's that's how that works. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you? So yeah, so the the business part of it. Is that something that you just learned kind of with X Nations or did you have that mindset with some of the previous bands and what was kind of like the level of success that you wanted uh, with some of the previous bands that you were with and then what do you envision now with X Nations? Well, as far as the business side goes, like developing that has just come from so many years of trial and error that I've kind of figured out what to do and what works and what doesn't work and what you should definitely not ever do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that just came with time and experience. Um, But diving deeper into rollouts and how we want to come across has definitely developed more with this band. We're just a lot more into planning and it's more thought out. Um, For example... We're sitting on so many songs right now that have mm-hmm. been recorded for months, and I wish I could put them out and let everybody listen to them. And if this were 2010 Car Party, that record would have been out by now, it, <laughs> and it wouldn't have been the best way to do it. But I get, you know, I used to get so excited and want everybody right. to hear it that right. I don't think about you just killed everything by right. by releasing it. Any kind of hype that you have, yeah, exactly. 
like it you you put it all out that's so much money that you spent on these songs and you didn't promote it the right way so i guess i'm saying i've learned patience yeah um and thinking things out has definitely helped yeah because it's always it's always interesting to me um the things that i've learned by doing this show and talking to people that have record deals talking to people that have a bigger level of success than even what i'm used to which is just people playing in their in their backyard right so just kind of like hometown hometown grown in there and i have people in my area that are popular in japan that are popular in europe that are popular but they have specific ways that they approach their record deals and their releases and the way Mm -hmm. that 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 works so it's it's always i never think about that stuff like you never think about like how you should or when you should release it when a lot of times when you're a younger band from what i what i've seen especially through the show and if you're not mature enough to really like approach it in the way that you're doing it now is that you lose steam and then you Mm -hmm. can release you can release and release and release and play and play and play but if you're not a giving yourself a break b doing it enough to get more people instead of playing every weekend maybe you should spread out and play every quarter or play just a couple times and then focus on those shows packing out absolutely a lot of bands will oversaturate because they think that it looks better to be constantly playing especially their home market and then eventually you stop getting booked because you're bringing like less and less people out every time because how many times are you going to play the same set to your friends and family where they're going to keep coming out Right. So it's definitely yeah. a balance. That's interesting, too. So with with you, um, and we touched on this a little bit ago, you're not able to really play your backyard as much as you did before, right? Yeah. So is that something that you're conscious of and something that you want to change, or is it something that you're okay with not, like, fitting into some of the more popular, I guess, scenes that are around here? Yeah. Um. I I definitely find it refreshing to play other markets. I feel like I've played Baltimore so much that I'm just interested in seeing what else is out there. Um, I mean, we've played New York so much. It's just kind of like our main home market. Um, I'm going to eventually be living there too. So that's going to become the only backyard, I guess. Um, so then I'll probably want to play Baltimore more because I, I'll miss my mom and be like, can, can we come down and play a show for my mom? <laughs> yeah, I don't care who else shows up. It's just the one, right? It's just for my mom. So that'll, cool. be, that'll be interesting for sure. And do you... Um, so one of the other things is the, the female part of this too, right? So being a female in music... A lot of times it's not the best from what I, I've seen. I don't have to deal with it. So <laughs> I can just go to shows and not have to worry about it. But it's obviously not the best. Do you have any experience with... I, I've always seen where these stories are like, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm with the band, but they treat you like a girlfriend or they treat you like anything else. Do you have any experience with that? And then how, do you, how did you combat that? And is there anything that you see going forward with X nations that you don't have to really deal with anymore. Um, I used to get a lot more than I do now, but I'd get a lot of mansplaining. Like 
that was irritating. I, I still get it in stores. Like, oh, my God, this is my first symbol I've ever bought. Thank you so much for explaining Ugh. to me that I need a stick to hit it. Like, uh, <laughs> like gross. that's the kind of Guitar Center visits I usually have. Like, Ugh. oh, well, do you know what kind of sticks you're looking for? Like, if you would just stock your floor, I'd be able to find <laughs> it and get out without having to speak to you. Right. But, right. yes, I do know what I'm looking for. Um I get merch girl a lot. Like, are are you in the band? Like, you're not supposed to be in here right now. And I'm like, well, that's my drum kit, so I'm going right, to be in here right. with it. Um, but it's not as bad now as it used to be. And I'm not sure if it's because I've been working with a lot of the same people for so long that they kind of recognize who I am. Right. Um, my bandmates are super supportive, and they... Like, everybody is equal in the band, so it's never been any kind of weirdness there. We just kind of all see each other's. That's good. We are, so That's the cool. way that it should be. And, like, the horror stories that I keep hearing, it's it's terrible. And then yeah. I, don't, I don't know how you don't just punch everybody. Like, I would but, love to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it always it always boggled my mind. Like, uh, it's... It's something that I again I I don't have to deal with. I'm, I'm a big dumb white guy. Like what <laughs> what do I have to do? I just go there and listen to the music, and it I I see it, and it's it's something that I've always like. It it can't be a good feeling either way, but to be able to break through it and then have the equality in there, that's got to feel really great. Yeah, it's amazing, and I feel like it's it's changed a lot too because a lot more girls are getting out there and playing which i love it i feel like there's so many more female drummers now there's so many more female guitarists bassists like we can do more than sing come right. on get used to us so <laughs> right, right. it's becoming way more normal yeah and i i love that i think um so i just went to the kennedy center in dc and saw tap dogs which is really awesome it's like tap dancing and stomp kind of mixed together that's cool but the the drummers that they had were two female drummers, and I thought that was really cool because it was something that it's a pretty macho show, even though it's tap dancing, which is, <laughs> seems silly. But I just thought that was really cool because you you don't see that ten years ago you wouldn't have seen that. Yeah, I feel like right. Yeah. So you see that now, and it's more prevalent, and it, it you see more of the equality representation, whatever. Right. Yeah. I think that was really cool, and that. I took that from the show more than anything else. Like they were doing like flips and shit like that. I don't know how they do that and spins, but I was While drumming. Yeah. Like they were, they were doing spins. They were doing a whole bunch of different stuff. And then obviously you have like all the, the dudes that are like, it, it, it just boggled my mind. Like, I don't understand how any of that worked, but it was crazy that they were to me that that was such a, a nice, kind of like subtle win i guess yeah um to i feel just, like i need to go to the gym and start learning how to do some flips like, yeah yeah I need, I need to go somewhere <laughs> yeah i mean i like sleeping so they can do whatever but uh i don't i don't need to backflip i will break my neck it will <laughs> it will hurt uh but yeah that that was just one of the the other things that i saw recently and i was just like that's that's really cool yeah i'm glad more of that stuff is happening and yeah. i'm glad that I, I see more of that stuff in there so, um, yeah, that's fantastic. What, going back to the, the question that I had before, like, what do you see X Nations becoming? Like, do you, do you have a, a set goal in mind for it? 
That's such a hard answer, I feel like, because there's so many different things that I want to accomplish with the band, but I don't have a roof on it. Like, I just want to see how far we can take it with keeping everything fresh and at the same quality standard, if not higher. Like, I just want it to keep progressing. Um, But obviously, to tour the world is, like, my biggest goal. I want to get out of the United States I want to be able to do a European tour. I want to be able to go to the movie theater and see a movie with our song in it. Like, just crazy, lofty goals like that. So, I think if we keep them, like, top-tier goals, we'll just keep working towards it. Do you... And I've... So, I've had this conversation before, too. So, do you try to market your music in a specific way to reach those goals? So say if you did want to be on a soundtrack for a movie or say you did, do you focus more on writing songs that would fit that or trying to market or not market network with the people that kind of are in that, that business or how does, how does that work for you? Do you know? As far as writing, we can't really control what comes out. I feel like if you do that, it's just going to sound forced and no one's going to buy it. Like no one's going to believe that. Um, so as far as like making music for a certain purpose, no, it's just what feels right at the time. And we go with it and hope that it all melds together on a record. Um, as far as networking with those kinds of people, absolutely. Um, we're always constantly trying to network with different people. So that is a yes. That is a hard yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause, so I've had conversations where um, before they have set goals like they've they've consulted with other bands and they've set goals to where okay we want to tour around the country and then you talk to them a little bit more and we're like actually we want to just get on jimmy fallon like that's that's yeah that's what we really want to do like that's that's our whole thing that's it that's our goal like that would be like our grammy right so it's it was interesting to hear kind of the the shifting gears like you don't have to worry about maybe playing out so much or worrying about your your whole live show you can record videos and try to get them viral and all that stuff to get more it was just a weird way to set it up and i I don't know if that comes to into play for you guys at all by being because you guys are more of an internet um presence and and Mm -hmm. able to kind of like combat or not combat um go with that more than having to worry about playing out so much Right. right So yeah, it was just a it was just an interesting look at it to see the, these are the thoughts that people have for their music. Yeah, and I I'd never even thought about it. Like it it's just something that boggles my mind that there's so many different avenues. Like it's not just the let's play out, let's play out, let's hopefully like get to yeah. the next step. The internet the internet is just so powerful. It's crazy and it's scary. Like. At, at one point, our Instagram was acting funky, and it wasn't loading right, and it said that we had zero followers, and I swear that I had the biggest meltdown until really? it came back. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fine. Internet, like, uh, Instagram was just down for, like, a half an hour, but that was a really hard half an hour to go through. I thought I had lost it all. Do you think that's... <laughs> That that's interesting because do you do you think that like your your fans are kind of the same way where it, they're worried too about 
and even are you personally like worried about your followers so much like your internet presence so much that if it goes away like you might have a mental breakdown i'm i mean yeah that that's like kind of our um our portal to meeting new people but also keeping in touch with the people that we've already met like from playing out for example or just oh i liked this person's picture they have a really cute dog and then they became a fan of ours like it's just all these weird interactions that are just boiled down into this one thing so meltdown 100 percent because that's just everything we've worked yeah worked for i know that sounds so stupid um if it was my personal one i wouldn't be nearly as upset but for the band like we have booking people there we have fans here and you know all these contacts that i wouldn't even know how to find again like you know what I mean? It would just be an irreplaceable loss. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because there's it's not the traditional email. It's not the traditional like you have a manager. You're you're booking through a specific company. You're connecting everybody through their social media, right? Mm-hmm. So if that goes away, you, you may or may not be fucked at that point, right? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Like I'll give you an example. I started following um, a radio host in kansas city her and i have become like really cool internet friends and uh we were talking about knife coming out and i was like can can i just have your email so i can pitch you on something um i don't want to bug you on instagram and she ended up premiering our song which um went live on a major fm radio station that's fantastic and it was such a game changer for us and it all came about because her and I connected about loving Taylor Swift and the Golden <laughs> Girls and we became friends and then I introduced her to the band. So that's just like a prime example of like how you can meet and network on so Instagram. Funny. Yeah, 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 that's so funny. Yeah, your love of, of Taylor Swift and, and Golden Girls, which is the best thing ever. That, <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Okay. That's the power of the internet right there. Like, yeah. you're, you're just able... Is that your first FM play, too? Um, as far as a major one goes, um, we were played on, like, 98 Rock in Baltimore. Sure, sure, sure. But it's localized. This one has a much broader reach. Um, it was release day when she played it, and they had hundreds of people texting in saying that they liked the song, that they bought it. Um, so much that they played it on that station again. Really? So, yeah, it, that was, I'm going to consider my first, like, FM play. Um, I'm sure there's been a couple others, but this was the most impactful. That's great. Do you, now that you've had that, do you focus on trying to get on other stations? And do you, do you work with someone that, that does that? Or do you, like, you had in-house before right do you just focus on what you can do and then your versatility with that too yeah i mean everything we do is done in-house um all of the pr um the visuals everything is done in-house so we just try and reach as many people as we can um i will tell you that my back is probably screwed for life from sitting at the laptop (laughs) as much as i do right um trying to do reach outs and everything else so 
I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it does. It does. And how do you, so how do you balance that then? Because if you're focused so much on that, how do you balance your, your actual career outside of that? Or is, I mean, is this your main focus and you just do whatever else you need to, to get by? Or is this now you're in a position to where I can make all the money that I need to from music and I'm golden? Um, I'm in a position where I can focus mainly on the band um, and doing PR. I have um, a business partner who helps me with PR and everything, and you know we help other bands, and that helps you know bring some cash flow in. But it also um, you know I do other odd jobs and stuff like that <laughs> when necessary. But uh, yeah, this is pretty much my main squeeze. So it gives me a lot of time to focus on the business stuff. Sometimes I'll give myself like a cutoff, like. You know, from Monday to Wednesday, I'm going to be blasting emails out and working on booking and, you know, getting getting press or, you know, from Wednesday to Saturday, stay out of your email and just focus on being creative. Right. Um, okay. And if I don't like set parameters like that, I find that I get burned out a little bit like. I won't have any good ideas (laughs) like from being so deep into emails and, you know, sorting things out that it it just burns my creativity. Yeah. It's one thing that I hope that I get to that first. Uh, But it's, it's one thing that I, I thought about too is I know how much I need to work to like make this bigger than what it needs or bigger than what it is now. But that whole amount of work to me right now is is a little intimidating because I have my whole other job and career and life right now. Yeah. So being able to balance that and being able to be in a, a position to where you can actually focus on this and also be cognizant of the fact that you can like carpent categorize or, or prioritize the different things that you need because I yeah. can't speak. Apparently. <laughs> uh, I understand. I'm like I'm like rolling at like thirty percent right now. I yeah. I don't know why I'm so tired, but <laughs> I I'm just so tired. I'm drinking this weird sparkling energy water right now, yeah. and this is a lie. This is a it's lie. A, this is an unsweetened zero energy lie right now. <laughs> Highball energy is a lie. It, <laughs> they'll be our sponsor. It'll right? be fine. Yeah, come come sponsor the show. Give me money. Uh, that's that's funny. So, yeah, but that's I, – I think that's great that you're able to prioritize and give yourself time and space to work and not make sure that you're going to burn yourself out. Was there a point where you found that? Like, was there a point that you figured out that I need to actually, like, break or I, I might break? Oh, yeah. Um, and that's where, like, giving myself parameters came in because I kid you not, I'll be over on this side, like – writing and then i'll think about an email that i didn't send then i'll run over to the other side where i have my work desk of my laptop and i'll be back and forth all day and feel like i got nothing done because i didn't just focus in on, on one thing on one thing um sometimes multitasking is not good right <laughs> like i just i go too far with it and i i forget so many details so that's one thing but taking a break would be nice before I break. But, I mean, I haven't really gotten close to that point. So I think just keeping things organized and going at my own pace will keep that all in check because 
I'm so lucky to be able to do what I do from home. Yeah. Um, so I can't really complain too much. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, when I go home, I try to just shut off my brain, and then I get lost in video games for eight hours. <laughs> and it's, it's not it's not good. It's not productive. It's not anything else. Um, so that that's good that you're able to do that. I need to... That's kind of the point of the show is trying to figure out how I can like steal all your energy that you have for like organizing. Oh, that's what this is. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. It's just, it's just me being like a little vampire trying to figure out all the different things that people that are successful can do that I need to figure out. Welcome to the class. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everyone listening to this could have seen like the wink and the pointed <laughs> finger. Because I would have smooth. sounded like way less douchey if you yeah, could see yeah, yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> it was real smooth. It was real smooth. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's inter- It's tough for me having a, a full time job and then trying to do this full time and, and trying to figure out what the the next step is and, and all that in there. Um, with with balancing even the the band itself, where you're constantly trying to be creative and then also having to deal with the fact that you know you guys aren't in the same room the entire time and being able to talk to each other and communicate with each other what do you think is the the biggest piece that you've learned from your old bands that you've brought into this one to make it more consistent and make it more successful and and feel better and, and safer to be able to play and be creative um honestly i think it's communication you can be in the same room with somebody and not even be talking, like not even be speaking. You're not listening to each other. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things. Like you just have to communicate. You, you can't take power trips or let other people take power trips and just let one person decide and everyone else is just going to go along with it because they don't have the energy to fight you on it. You know, that's no way to run a band. Um, and on that same front is you know giving everyone task let people do what they're good at doing one one person can't do everything um so learning different roles has been a huge thing in this band um it's like giving up some of that control it it's just it's so lovely to have people that you trust yeah and you know, you you have the confidence in them to do what they're supposed to do. Um, that's been the biggest thing in this band, and that's why we're able to move so quickly. Um, we wrote the second EP, like, gosh, in, like, maybe two or three months. Like, everything as far as writing has been done. Like, it's just laying all the final layers in and compressing all the little sounds to make them bigger and right. vice versa. Right. So it's it's a really cool feeling to be so far apart from somebody, but we're just... Feel productive and feel on the same page. And Yeah. I've never been so... Um, gosh, what's the word? It's too late. My brain is not thinking. <laughs> Sorry. No, don't be. I was the one that's like, let's start this at 7 o'clock. <laughs> not thinking about being a zombie. And... Before I sound old, it is nine o'clock now. Okay, so <laughs> you're still gonna sound old, but it's fine. It's fine, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really refreshing feeling to be so on the same page with with my bandmates. Yeah, do you translate any of that, any of the lessons that you've learned, even to your personal life, like being able to 
keep communication and knowing that that's such a big part like do you think about that at all with any of your personal connections your family your friends or anything like that too I wish that I did. You just gave me such a good idea right now. I wouldn't be as much of a mess. Um, no, uh, I, I guess communication, it's a lot easier when you're talking about business things all the time rather than your feelings. When it comes to feelings, I don't do that at all. <laughs> you just shut down. I just shut down. Yeah, I don't yeah. have feelings. It's fine. We're yeah, fine. Everything's yeah. okay. <laughs> the whole place is on fire, but I'm going to sit here and it's going to be all right. I will lay on the couch. <laughs> I will fan the flames away. It's okay. <laughs> or just let them come to me. It, it, it's okay. Come on over here. It, you'll, you'll only hurt for a little bit. Yeah. By the time you get here, I'll have had so much smoke inhaled. It doesn't there, even matter. There you go. This has gotten so dark. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, is, that is one thing that I, I always think about is uh, if you're able to communicate in a way that's effective business-wise and just the – because we do it a lot at work where our whole thing is talking to people and communicating and connecting. And then I go home and I'm just like, I hate everybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> like, leave me alone. But it's... Isn't that just a part of being an adult? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're you're able to kind of turn it off and on when, when you need and, like, I guess when money is, is on there. But True. it's always... It, it always interested me to see if anybody else is, like, cognizant of it to be like, yes... I understand what I can do and I understand like the communication and that that's such an integral part of my job and my profession and whatever. But when I'm not working, I don't have to deal with any feelings. I don't have to deal with anything like I can just clam up instead of having to talk about anything else that's actually important. Yeah. So I, I always wondered if, if anybody thinks about the fact that if I can do that, why don't I do that over here? Like maybe people just need to like have someone out there and be like, yeah, you, you talk well over here, but you don't over there. <laughs> you should fix that. Right. I've had my mom come in to visit me when I was working day jobs and stuff like that. And she'd be like, you're so nice. <laughs> you just, you, you really make these people feel like you care. I know that you don't, but you really make them feel like that. It's all a facade. And I was like, it's customer service. I have to smile at Cheryl and tell her that her hair looks great. Like, it's just what I have to do. I'm working, I'm working at a salon, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kathy, you're looking fab. Just like that. And that oh, you just yeah. need to do it in your normal day, right? Just... Get it, girl. <laughs> and like, I'll say that and then I'll turn around and roll my eyes so hard that I've almost fallen over. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's the right stuff. That, that is it. That is customer service. Guys, hire me. <laughs> um, oh, that's, that's so funny. Yeah. I, I just think that that's always the, one of the, the biggest pieces is trying to translate some of the success that you might have in any kind of creative outlet or any any kind of business outlet to even your own personal life because it's it's such a a crapshoot on how to like live and not not hate how you live yeah you know like you have to if you're in a safe place creatively and you're able to get all that stuff out i mean that's fantastic but at the end of the day you're you're by yourself eventually and yeah. like you're you're with the people that you want to like more than the, the like you want to have a, a good relationship you want to be able to have a healthy relationship but if you're not cognizant of any of that then it's not going to work out 100 percent. yeah so okay um what other questions do i have for you 
You're supposed to know this right off the top of your head. <laughs> what other questions do I have for you? I think I think that's almost it. Um, all right, here, here's one. What do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself during your, your music career? Um, that's so heavy. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is to not second guess myself. Um, it's taken me so long to get to the point where I feel like I've created a sample or a patch or, you know, whatever else that's good enough to be on a record. Like, mm-hmm. I never trusted my ear, and I've never trusted myself in production, and I should have. Like, there's been things that I wish I would have done differently in previous bands had I had gone with my gut. Sure. So, my biggest thing now is just trusting myself and going with my gut, and like I said before, communication has been, like, my two biggest takeaways as far as being in a band and dealing with other humans. (laughs) (laughs) Is it something that, uh, that just clicked for you one time that the confidence level for you, or is it something that you just learned over time that, Hey, my stuff doesn't suck as much or, (laughs) or was it like outside feedback that you had to like actually believe? I, I think it was the outside feedback and even outside of music, there have been um, some things that I've designed that I didn't think were necessarily great. And having Sal in the band and the job that he has mm-hmm. um, telling me, like, your stuff doesn't suck. Like, <laughs> you, like, you're getting so much better at this or whatever. Like, he's stopped going behind me on certain things and cleaning it up to the point where he's like, oh, this is good enough to pass as is. And I'm like, wait, really? And that's kind of where I've gotten to music as well um, with different sounds that I've made. Like, I've had producers tell me, like, we don't need to change the sound. This is good. Like, really? Like, Are you sure? Yeah. And um, I would feel so self-conscious about it. Yeah. Like, but I made that. <laughs> like, maybe you should do it. So that's been kind of a big thing for me. That's how uh, that's how I feel with this is, uh, you know, I ask for feedback all the time. And I want, like, open, honest feedback. So far I've gotten, oh, yeah, it sounds great. Uh, you know, you do a really great job. But I'm waiting for that that this sucks like you should fix this like you should do this better or because I, I in my mind like i hate my voice i hate everything that that i'm doing but I, I enjoy talking to people so i guess that's okay but that's like i'm still kind of combating with that is the confidence level that that you sometimes have or in your case that you can finally find a little bit where it's a safer creative space i don't really care if this like blasts off I'm having fun like connecting with people again, but at the same time, if anybody tells me that I'm doing such a great job, I'm not going to believe them right off the bat. Yeah. And that's that's a hard thing to kind of get over. It's very hard. Yeah. Like, I'm going to listen to this and hate the way that I sound, and I'll think <laughs> that I sound stupid and that I say like too much, and I probably do, but... Or that you're just <laughs> such a douchebag with the, the double fingers, and yeah, welcome to the class. <laughs> Welcome to the class. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think has kept you motivated the most to continue music and to continue uh, an actual career in it? Um, I just can't do anything else. There's no other option. Um, I 
never really had a choice in it. It's just I discovered that I wanted to play music around the time that I was five, and I have been sucked in ever since. And I don't think I'll ever lose that feeling, so I have to keep doing it. Whenever um, whenever a, a project dissolves or whenever you come into uh, a writer's block or anything like that, is there anything that you use to overcome that kind of like that block or that that feel of kind of like failure a little bit? Because that I mean, it's something that I've come up against yeah. where it's, it's something where. You know, this this just something that I'm doing just isn't working and I can't I can't really like push it over the hump. Yeah. Is there anything that you do to help yourself to continue to push through it or is it I'm going to leave it off to the side for a little bit and I'll come back? Um, there's definitely a depression that <clears throat> that comes into play there where you don't want to touch your instruments. You don't want to look at anything and. I just end up watching a lot of really bad TV and laying on the couch for a while. Um, but that's when, you know, having like a really supportive significant other comes yeah. into play and, you know, she'll motivate me to to get up and start writing or, you know, we'll just go out and, you know, usually I'll feel a little bit better after that or, you know, whatever. I, I It's just a cycle, really, like. A lot of great songs have come out of depression, for sure, but <laughs> I would not recommend. <laughs> but it is something that you keep in keep in your back pocket that, you know, this is something that I always want to do. Yeah. Like, this is, this is the driving force that's going to keep me going, even though I feel like shit, even though I don't want to get off the couch. Yeah. I need to go make something, because I have an idea, or I have, like, something just pops in, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Because that's, I mean, that's... This past month, <clears throat> you know, I recorded like six, seven episodes just to like prepare myself to be able to like know that it's that time of the year that I don't feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. So that that has kind of helped me where I can like sandbag some of that stuff. And I'm like, OK, yeah, this is fine. It's not that bad if I don't like keep moving but if I run out of episodes, which is, like, what I'm kind of up against now, like, I'm running yeah. up up against a wall that I have to, like, keep breaking through every time yeah. or else I can't be consistent, then that's that's the part of me that I'm just like, okay, I got to get this out. I got to get this out. I got to go do something. Yeah. So you feel that, too? Oh, definitely. Like, music is a thing that keeps my head above water, but it's also still holding me down. Like, <laughs> can you that's relate a good, that's to that, a great, Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. It's like, That's... it's the cinder block attached to my ankle, but, like, my head is also above water because of it. It's, like, this weird thing where I just have to keep treading right. and staying afloat. And that's kind of where we are now. Like, you know, we're in between albums and, you know, we're just kind of treading water, keeping our, you know, keeping everything going steady until that comes where we can finally release more information because I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just sitting on it ready to explode. Yeah. I'm so bad with surprises and secrets. <laughs> like when you turn the mics off, I'm probably going to be like, do you want to listen to a new song? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll end it there. I think that's, that's good. And then that way I can listen to anything and you guys don't. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you have any official dates on, on when anything's going to come out that uh, you can release or not? Nah? Um, I'm just going to say July is going to be a really good time. 
Cool. And that's when you also go on tour, possibly, too? Yes. Do you have that all, like, figured out, or...? Yeah. It's going to be a Midwest run. We haven't announced any of the dates yet, but we'll be hitting, like, Ohio, Kansas City, Michigan, Chicago. Like, it's going to be cool. Fantastic. All right. Cool. I think that's it. Yay.